All right, what's up, what's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Nerd. you live on Friday evening. I am your host, as always, Addie Blue-Rice. And we have a special co-host for the first half of our episode. We got, uh, I don't have a nickname for, for Brian. I should have thought of that beforehand. Everybody else has nicknames. But my awesome brother-in-law, Brian. Good, good. Thanks for having me on. No yeah, nickname no. required. What's up? No nickname required. <laughs> I feel like you need something like uh, Andy Dalton with like the gingerness, you know, going on. Like, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't gotten that my whole life. Right. <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, especially for doing the new logo for us. We got it sent out everywhere. We got it posted everywhere. So it looks awesome. We've gotten uh, people to uh, ask us to come on to their podcast because of it. They noticed it and they asked us to come on their show. So they're awesome. very, very grateful that you're able to do that for us. Um, so. We're going to just start off the first three minutes of the show and my normal host, Chris, can be on this segment. But first thing we'll start off with is introduce follow what teams you follow. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you got the name already, Brian. So, uh Obviously, you know, I'm your brother-in-law, um, so married into the family there. Uh, so I actually, yeah, so I grew up in Michigan. Um, so, you know, I'm all things Michigan sports, uh, you know, born and raised there. Uh, grew up watching the Lions there and, you know, big football fan. So, you know, you take it, take it with that, you know, I'm, you know, we've had, we've had some history there, of course, but uh, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, you know, Lions fan. <laughs> also grew up watching hockey though too so big big red wings fan and we we had a good era there um so proud of that and then um i don't follow basketball quite so much i do college um especially in the spring when we get towards march madness um but the the pros have never been never been my jam uh but uh you know and then and then baseball similar similar to the college basketball i kind of follow it more as the season progresses 162 games is a lot to keep track of. So, you know, as we get down to the wire, I, I pay a little bit more attention. But uh, so I moved down to Virginia. I'm a big Hokie fan, of course. I graduated from Virginia Tech. So uh, also a big, uh, big Hokie fan. Um, but yeah, you know, mostly college football, college basketball, a little bit, and then professional football. Awesome. Well, uh, it's cool that you mentioned following uh, March Madness. Once we get to that, um, are getting closer, getting closer, closer, closer. So we're going to do our normal um, March Madness uh, bracket, bracket challenge. Um, um, and I think we'll do more artwork from Art as our co-host. Um, the person who won the Super Bowl, but won the on our page. Um, so he was excited about getting that. 
Uh, I think some of that shows are worth. We're gonna like run to the madness and get that as a prize because no one else picked up the win. So you know, kind of hard to give a second and third prize when no one else picks the win. Sometimes you gotta just pick against the grain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, well, awesome. Well, uh, Detroit being obviously, we talked about it on the show already a couple times, but, but uh, uh, you, being you being a Detroit fan, it's nice to get a fan perspective of things. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Matthew Jared Goff trade. Obviously, with that, you guys get some one picks coming at you in the future now. Not to bust on you being a Detroit fan, but Best, best drafting, drafting team, team in the past. past. Um, what, what kind of, I, I guess, how do you feel about the trade, trade um, getting, getting golf? Um, um, and then how do you, how do you feel that the Lions should use these picks they have coming, they have coming, coming, coming their, their way going forward? Yeah, yeah, good questions. Um, so, yeah, you know, being a Detroit fan, we go through this every three or four years. So uh, this is kind of, a, you know, the the Detroit Lions are run a bit like a political system, you know, where you just reelect new people every now and then and, uh, you know, cycle out the old and, and in with the new. And and of course, as a Lions fan, you kind of you you take that in stride. And, uh, you know, when when your time is up to rebuild, you're ready. You, you look at it and you're you can't help yourself but be optimistic. You know, that's what being a fan is. And um, so. You know, I was a big Matt Patricia fan. Um, I, I really wanted him uh, from the beginning. I, I was on board and uh, I was wrong. <laughs> so I admit that, um, you know, and I think I think culturally there's there, there's some detriment to to the Lions there. Um, there's a lot of things that have changed in the ownership too. Uh, Martha Ford's not the, the owner um, per se that she once was uh, recently. She handed off a lot of that control to her daughter, um, her daughter-in-law, I think. And um, she has, she's done some interesting things from the beginning um, in terms of setting the culture and, and changing that a little bit. So yeah, I mean, maybe it's just me looking for confirmation bias and, and, you know, trying to find reasons to believe again. Uh, but I think that the things that they're doing are, are good. I think they're in line with, with my values and where I'd like to see them go. Um, you know, and that, so that starts back in the, in the summer um, in some of the decisions they made. Um, I'm a huge Matt Stafford fan. I could not be happier for him. Uh, I, my big concern going into the trade speculation was that he would end up somewhere that, where he wouldn't be able to compete um, and, you know, the Lions wouldn't take care of him. And I think they did. Um, you know, the, the Rams were the, the place he wanted to go. That was the one. And, and I was one that was skeptical. I didn't see that as a viable option um, when the speculation came out um, just because of the, the baggage that, that Goff had there and um, the contract situation. And yeah. um so, but I'm excited. I'm excited for him. Um, I think he's got a great opportunity to compete. I think he's got um, equally good, if not better, weapons um, in LA, especially in the run game. And um, you know, it's it's a young uh, team that is poised to make the decisions they need to make to succeed. So, so that part of it, I couldn't be happier about. Um, 
I'm going to yeah. continue watching him and rooting for him. Um, so you've got me on board as a Rams fan now. <laughs> and, uh, yes, finally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, happy for him. You know, from the Lions perspective, I think they did great. I think they, you know, I think it worked out in everybody's favor. Um, I think this was a trade that, um, you know, they, they succeeded in giving Matt Stafford a place to go that he wanted to go. Um, and they succeeded in getting top top bill for him um, yeah, yeah. and and his worth. And I think that uh, you know that was the that was the best offer they got, which is which is great. Um, so it worked out for for them. Goff, it'll be interesting. Um, so I see my take on it is I think Goff is a transitional quarterback. I think that he's not their long term solution. He's he's still pretty young. Um, but I see him serving a more of a mentor. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they did draft a quarterback with, um, I think they've got the ninth pick this year. Um, if somebody fell to them, you know, somebody like Justin Fields. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't either. And they wanted to test out golf for a year or two and, and wait um, further down uh, another year or so. Um, which I think is, another awesome point um, for Goff um, and something in favor of Detroit, if that's their approach, um, I think that's a, a system in the NFL that has, has worked wonders for teams that are willing to invest. Um, as much as I loathe the Green Bay Packers, you know, that situation with Brett Favre uh, and Aaron Rodgers um, and Jordan Love, you know, they, that's how they work. They bring in quarterbacks and they groom them. And when yeah. they're ready, they're ready. Um, and teams who are in need of a quarterback and have to force somebody in there, it's often a tough situation. And I don't think it often works out um, the way they'd hoped. So yeah. I like I like the idea that, you know, if, if that's what they're doing and they're setting themselves up for more of a put Goff in this position to mentor, you know, a young quarterback in um, and usher in kind of the next generation of the next Matt Stafford. I think that's a great position for them to be in. Um, yeah. In terms I've kind of, of said that before on the podcast that yeah. I feel like he's not the quarterback. Goff, he's moving under, under pressure and having people like, like, you know, you know come at him that he's, he turns the ball over a lot more often than not. You know, Matt Stafford, I feel like, is going to a better offensive line than he did Detroit. With Goff going into – you feel like he's going into a worse situation where he's going to still be, you know, turning the ball over a lot because Detroit doesn't have the offensive line to really protect him. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's – it's definitely going to be more challenging. Um, you know, Stafford's definitely set up for the more immediate success. Um, you know, the Lions have more work to do there for sure. I think if they can work the system that they've got, and, you know, of course we haven't talked about the draft picks yet either. I think, you know, if they're, they're smart with the draft picks, um, you know, there's, there's a chance we can, you know, improve that offensive line, you know, through the draft. Um, we certainly have a, a lot of options now. Um, and there's other people, you know, the Lions still have on, on the table um, as potential trade options, too, that could present even further rebuilding opportunities. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's going to be up to the coaching staff um, 
and and the offensive coordinators to to try to alleviate that right and try to put him in systems where we do you know maybe we go back to the west coast offense and it's you know it's quick slants and it's short routes and you know try to set up a, a play action um you know and and work with the quarterback that you have you know to yeah. succeed that way so and then um i don't know i uh, heard with following it a little more closely a lot of the wide wide receivers um obviously the rams have a pretty decent wide receiver already already but i feel that you know uh, Galladay, Galladay or uh, Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones potentially you know, out, out as well. Well, and, you know, I kind of alluded to it already. Kenny Galladay's already in that in a position for that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they dealt him just because his, his contract is, is right for that. Um, I don't know if it'd be the Rams because, like you said, you know, they, they've got a decent wide receiver core. You know, it's not top tier, but they've got enough to work with and especially given what they're investing in Stafford. I think it would behoove them to at least give Stafford the opportunity with the core that they've got and see if, you know, he can bring the best out and, and the wide receivers that are, that are on that team already before they go invest in somebody like Galladay or Marvin Jones jr. Um, Cause those guys, you know, those guys are pretty good, you know, wide receivers league wide. So, you know, they, they would cost something too to get, um, you know, if they wanted to go that route, unless they hit, you know, free agency or something. Um, so I don't know if they go to the Rams, but yeah, I can see an opportunity where, you know, if you're going to go completely rebuild, you know, from bottom up, you can do it through draft picks. There's some really great receivers, you know, coming into the draft this year. And, you know, I think that depending on how they fall again, you know, with the picks that the lions have, um, you know they've got holes everywhere so you know i think it really is they're in, they're in a great position to just see what falls to them in the draft and and get get what they get and if they get trade offers for you know if they don't want somebody like fields they can easily trade down and and still have good options you know the middle or or towards the end of the first round so yeah to answer your question i don't i wouldn't be surprised if if they dealt the the wide receivers they've got but i don't know that if it, it would be towards the Rams. Um, but I didn't think Stafford was going there either. So uh, <laughs> I've been wrong before. Yeah. Stafford, I kind of figured it's a done deal. Once you start hearing rumors, is solidified. It's going to happen. So interesting to see the state of health else. We could use a D-Red, you know, just because we don't have a red wide receiver. So even if you got one in the draft, like you said, there's a lot of wide receivers out there this year. Yeah, we get one on a rookie contract and put him in there with Stafford as another weapon. Um, you know, it can only mean good things. So uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, the Rams only have like a second round pick and like a fourth or something like that. They don't have very many picks this year. So in the second round, they really have to pick. So. Um, and I don't and think I don't we're going to go to defense because I mean, we had the number, number one defense, defense last, last year, year, so um, don't really need to improve much on defense. We feel like some pieces are going to uh, leave in free agency. So. 
Yeah. Um, all right, well, well, the other big thing that happened was obviously the uh, Carson Wentz trade, which is kind of ironic that Jerry and Carson Wentz are now on two different teams, led their original teams to Super Bowls. Um, Carson Wentz obviously didn't win it for them. Jared Goff didn't win it for them. Um, so they weren't able to win it. They at least made it to Super Bowl as number one and number two picks in the year that they went. Um, so, uh, Carson, Carson Wentz is going, going to the Colts for a, a second round pick and a third round, round pick, uh, which kind of just blows my mind that Jared Goff got traded to the Lions for two first round picks, and then Carson, Carson Wentz, who technically won a Super Bowl, he was a ring, um, and a second, second and a third round, round pick. Um, I thought one of the uh, golf happened. Everyone else is going to rise up, and everyone's going to ask for more for their quarterback trades because this offseason, quarterback cares about quarterbacks going to all kinds of different teams. Um, so who do you think won in this trade with Carson Wentz going to the to the Colts and the Eagles only getting a couple? Yeah, I mean, well, you know. I hate to be a you know like a, a, a naysayer or kind of a <laughs> but you know I, I can see I can see a case for both right um I think Wentz is he's got just an interesting history and I think that there's some some chemistry with the Eagles that uh led to the situation he was in um and you know when you start getting into a situation where mentally it's not it's not good for you, then physically it's not going to be good either. So, in a way, I you know I definitely see this as a second opportunity for Wentz. Um, you know, I kind of see it as like the the Philip Rivers to Indianapolis kind of like maybe Indianapolis is is being you know going to get a reputation for being you know second chance Colts or something, but like. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, you know, Philip Rivers did the same thing. I think he, he yeah. kind of fell out of love. Um, you know, and look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees started with the, with the Chargers and then went on to do amazing things with, you know, the Saints. Um, yeah. So there's, there's definitely a case where, you know, if he can get himself out of what he probably feels like is a toxic environment and go to someplace with a better culture and, and thrive, um, that could be a really good situation for him. Uh, and again, uh, personally, the Colts were another one that I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Stafford go to because I think they're ready to compete. I think they're ready yeah. to win that division and and go on to a Super Bowl. Um, so, and they're just missing that, you know. And they had it right. They had they had Rivers, um, and and he was doing great things for him. So I think if they can bring you know Wentz out of that, um, you know the the sort of cultural lull he was in, I think he'll do great things. Um, and as far as what the Eagles got for him, I, I don't think Wentz did himself any favors, right? I don't think he, he was able to raise his stock. Um, the thing that I think separates Stafford, um, and again, you know, personally, I follow Detroit, and so I know, I feel like I know Stafford a little bit better as, a, as just a person. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that dude, that dude worked. Um he worked, he worked for the people around him and, and that went outside the facility too. Um, you know, he worked for the city and, uh, you know, he was, he's an icon there and he'll always have a place there because of that. Um, I, you know, so I don't think that, I don't think Wentz has that 
uh, rapport with the league and the people around him to demand that kind of value. Um, so, you know, and that could change, right? You know, he could go into the Colts and, and have, you know, renewed experience and become a new man and, and revitalize his career there. Uh, but, you know, I think the way that he kind of dwindled in Philadelphia kind of harmed his, his value there um, and what they could get for him. So, um, you know, it'll, be, it'll certainly be interesting to see how it pans out and if he can reboot his career a little bit there. Yeah, I think the major thing in my perspective is injury-wise. If he can stay healthy and be able to show that he can compete in the playoffs, I feel like every year they made the playoffs, I had injury, like yeah. right beforehand. Yeah. Um, I think he's played like one playoff game, if I remember correctly. Like, I, 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 even if that, yeah. I don't think he's played that. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where he's got to be able to stay healthy for a whole season. Um, and be able to show that he can compete in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, he was almost going to be the unanimous MVP the year they went to the Super Bowl, but again, he got injured, and so he didn't win the MVP. Um, yeah. If he wanted to stay healthy, he would have won it easily. Um, so it's just one of those things where um, I think he can take the Colts to the next level if he's able to stay healthy and be able to – to go out and do what he needs to do. Um, like you said, it seemed like it was a toxic environment. I mean, even the coach requested to leave. I mean, you don't hear that very often when the coach is like, I don't want to be here. Like, I, I feel like that's like a red flag for other people they were interviewing. It's just like, what makes this so enticing to come when the previous coach was like, yeah, no, like, I, I don't want to be here. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of coaches have a hard time, too, because, you know, NFL, it's not like college where you have full control over your team. You, you have full control over who you recruit and who you pick and who you go out and do everything. And NFL, it's not like that. If the owner says, you know, in the draft, we want you to draft this person because it's going to sell tickets, and that's what you got to do. Like, you can't just pick. Um, recently, you can't just go and pick, like, who you want. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys is kind of. Show Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Jones is his pick. You can tell he's had his hand in who he picks in like every every year of the draft. So, um, yeah. So, when it when it comes to the NFL, it's all it all starts with the ownership, and you know yeah. that's 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 been the trouble with the Lions. You know, not to go back to them, but like with the Ford ownership, like. It, it's been toxic and you know, it, that's where it starts. And until, and again, like that's kind of why I'm a little, uh, I'm kind of hesitant, but also, you know, maybe we've turned the page maybe by passing the baton there, um, you know, we'll yeah. see some, some changes there, but yeah. And like you said, in the NFL, the owners have, you know, they just have the, the final say on, on too much. It almost seems. Yeah, and I feel like the Eagles are going down a bad path of, like, being comfortable with losing and being comfortable with just training out everyone and, and starting anew. Um, the Jets organization has obviously shown, like, how bad it is with doing that and all the players saying that they want it out. Um, Miami was like that for a year or two um, until the past year when they got the new coach and he kind of turned it around and – now it seems like people want to go there. Like people want to go there and people want to play there. Like, you know, before, and, and everyone was asking to be Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. All the defensive people were saying they wanted out. And, 
Um, they were training uh, uh, Larry Puzzle uh, and everything. So it's just like, you know, they were, they were uh, a bad path, a bad guy, but then they got a coach in there to establish the winning culture. So, like you said, you know, the new GM, a new coach, that for Detroit, that for Detroit, then that's good. But, I feel like Detroit has. I feel like Detroit has more of an upside than the Eagles. The Eagles are just spiraling out of control, going downwards. You know, when it comes to their culture, what they're trying to build there. I don't what they're trying to build there. I don't feel like they're trying to build anything. Yeah, it certainly seems kind of chaotic right now. Yeah, it definitely does. One one good thing that we can talk about as well for Detroit thing is. It's, 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 I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure that uh, Megan got voted into the Hall of Fame this year. Yep. Correct? Yep. So uh, that's one, one good positive thing for the <laughs> Detroit <laughs> <laughs> um, Him and Matthew Stafford. That was the thing that was the guys like made the playoffs. So you guys made that push. Yeah. So what what do you think about him like getting in for this year? Yeah, you know I'm happy he's a first time balloter um, and getting in. I think it's a it's no question. You know he he had a you know in terms of Hall of Famers, I think a short career. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know he left the same way Barry Sanders did, um, which again kind of goes back to the whole Lions culture a little bit, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm happy for him. Again, he's a stand-up guy, just personally. And uh, yeah, those years that he was there with Safford, um, you know, for that that small window in time, were some key key moments uh, as a Lions fan. Um, unfortunately, you know, still never got past the hurdle of the the playoff win. Uh, you know, couldn't couldn't pass that threshold. But um, but the records he holds there um, and the things he was able to do while he was there is, you know, I couldn't be happier for him. Now, if they'll just repay his bonus, I'll be I'll be pretty happy with that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's awesome that that he got in. Me as a Rams fan, I'm still upset that uh, Tory Holt hasn't been uh, inducted yet. Um, you know, Isaac Bruce is in. If Isaac Bruce is in, I don't disagree. Yeah. What's up? I don't disagree. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good. And he's been left out multiple times now. I'm not saying he needed to be a first ballot, but I mean, he's already missed it like three times now or something like that. Yeah. He needs to get in. He was a part of that greatest show on turf. So. Well, and he, you could arguably say that Isaac Bruce wouldn't be Isaac Bruce without Tory Holt. I mean, they were yeah. they were a dynamic duo. Um, if you go back, this probably predates you, but you know, again, kind of relating back to my years in Detroit, Herman Moore and Brett Perryman were the '90s duo. And you know, Brett, I actually don't know if Brett Perryman's in the Hall of Fame. I know um, uh, Herman Moore is, but uh, they were they were a duo. And Herman Moore got the yards, he got the catches. Uh, you know, he came out sort of top billing, um, but he couldn't have done that without somebody you know, opposite field that was taking off, you know, um, the, the thing that separates Calvin, uh, Johnson is that they, he had nobody else. And so he was getting double, triple teamed and he would still go up and make those catches. So it's just, you know, there's a reason he was called Megatron for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just a freaking nature. He kind of reminds me of, uh, Julio Jones, you know, like, mm-hmm. Like, like he was just like, like he was built like a normal wide receiver. Like, yeah. he was just 
Like, he was jacked. Um, and like you said, he could go up and get any catch. That's why helped his effort so much. He could just he he could throw it up, and he was going to throw everything, you know, and did better. Um, so... Um, I, guess I guess the last thing to wrap things up, because uh, I don't want to up, take up too much of your time. Uh, uh, so, so, the Texas, 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 Texas with, with Sean Watson, JJ Watt, and what's going, going on, you know, Deshaun's still saying that they're not going to trade him. He is going to be a Texan this coming year. I have a feeling that enough teams have made some good offers. I wouldn't think that any of them have been bad offers. Um, do you, do you think it's a good idea for the Texans to still continue on with this, or is it being instrumental for the team, especially if you decide to like out or like that? Would you would you go ahead and heal them, or could you keep them? Yeah, I mean, I think if it's if it's me, I think the longer this goes on, I think the worse it's going to get. Um, I don't think he's going to be suiting up for the Texans again, and I think that. Um, you know, again, the sooner the Texans recognize that, I think the the better the offer they'll get for him. And um, I think he's he's made his case pretty clear. And uh, I, again, like I don't know that I agree with the approach, but um, you know, man's got to do what a man's got to do. You know, to to protect his his family and, and his job and his well being too. So. Um, yeah. But I do think that, you know, the Texans are probably better off just nipping this quickly and and moving on. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, like, what their long term plan is. I don't know if they're saying they're going to keep him, whether they're, you know, uh, wheeling and dealing um, or, you know, just to kind of save face or uh, whether they're, you know, full on board with trying to, to change his mind and, and keep him in there. But, um, you know, I. Personally, I you know I'd be surprised if he he suited up next year for the Texans. I think he's he's too good of a player, and like you said, he's de- he, he can demand too much value um, to uh, to suffer like that and to just you know I think it's going to end up bringing the it's going to create a toxic environment if he's if he's around. Honestly, you know, kind of talking yeah. about that. Yeah, because yeah. I mean. You know, if you're not listening to the coaches, you're not listening to practice, and you don't you don't care and nonchalant and blah blah blah. You know, that's gonna doesn't show leadership to everybody else that's there and everyone else that's coming in, um, trying to change the culture. But you know, here comes JJ who basically stuff for Deshaun says, "Yeah, I don't want to be either." You know, kind of making a case for what Deshaun is trying to do and and trying to leave. Um, neither, neither of them want to be a part of a losing culture of like a losing team. Um, and I, I think, like you I said, it starts with the ownership, ownership and they, and they kind of brought that upon themselves and got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. They basically they said, basically said you know, we, we, don't we don't care about you as a quarterback. quarterback. We're going to take away your, your best weapon. Yeah. And, you know, good luck. And, and he still had, had one, one of his best seasons he's ever had as, as a quarterback for them. On a four and twelve team, so you know, um, and the, the only thing I, I, I can see is he, he, he just got paid. paid. I mean, he got, got paid, paid that big money the year before. Um, along with Patrick Mahomes, both Patrick Mahomes has the highest and he has the second highest, you know, paying job. So, you know, I don't feel as bad for him because I mean he's gotten paid, but I do feel like he's 
you know, if you want to be, if you want to win titles and you want to win championships, I mean, yeah, you have to go to a place you feel like you can do that. Um, and everyone kind of kind of deserves that. And, and we talked about podcast before about how NBA players start doing that now. You know, they're on that team and just get to be traded to like the Lakers or someone that they know that they can win a title with. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's like any other job too. The, the the compensation for it only gets you so far. You know, in terms of your your happiness, right, and your job satisfaction. It's just like any other job. You know, a lot of people would be willing to take a pay cut for a better job, right? And that's, that's really what you're talking about. Is like he just he's looking for a better opportunity and a better job. And you know, that's the thing about the NFL and and most professional sports that are interesting is that these guys a lot of times don't have a say. You know, and you're you're launched into a culture and an organization, and you know, you and I take for granted that we have those choices. You know, you get into a job that's a toxic environment, you fill out some resumes, and you go. And you know, <laughs> these guys are, are traded around and locked into these contracts um, in a way that you know can can be detrimental to their morale um, a lot of times. Yeah, that's that's true. So to to and wrap things up, uh, uh, to finish it up with JJ. Um, kind, kind of slamming spots for him. A lot of people are saying he wants to play maybe with his brothers and with uh, the um, He obviously um, wants to win the title. He wants to win now. Um, I don't know if going to the Steelers they'd be able to be able to win with him. Um, there's talks of him maybe going to the Packers. That's obviously they've been at NFC Championship twice in a row now. Um, and that defense is already pretty good. So, you know, adding him to that. Um I was trying to think of another team. There's a third team that they were talking about for him as well, but I know the Steelers and Packers was a big one. Um, and the Packers, especially since he grew up in Wisconsin and he, he went to the University of Wisconsin. Um, I guess where, where do you think would be like the best fit for him or where do you think he's going to end up? Well, you know, I don't know if he listens to your podcast, but I think he'd fit pretty well in Detroit. You know, I just – yeah, I think they're turning a corner and, you know, they could use. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they could afford him, but uh, that would that would be a great opportunity there for him. I think there's I think they're just on the cusp of playoff wins. I think it's going to happen. I think I think they could he could take him over, you know, take him t- take him over the edge there. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, you know, I the Packers would surprise me just because of how built they already are. Um, you know, he's such a playmaker, you know, I think that he, he can make a defense and I think that's what he might have to, the opportunity he might have to see and what's presented to him is that, you know, he may not go to the best defense in the league, um, you know, but if he could, if he could go to somebody that's, you know, top half, you know, or, or middle, middle of the pack, he's the guy that can send them over the edge. Like he's, he's essentially the quarterback of the defense. That, that reminds me of the other team. Now I, with you saying that it actually, I was thinking who, who was in that area. It was like in the middle of the pack. The Titans was the other team that was mm. going after him as well. And he would be the main person on that team. If, yeah. if he went there. Yeah. And that, that would be a good fit. I think that would, that would make a lot of sense. Um, 
you know, because again, they've got the offense there too. And, uh, you know, because that's the other, you know, part of the equation he would have to look at in terms of competing is, is who's got an offense that, you know, because he's obviously not going to contribute to that. Um, you know, and the, that's one of the, the, one of the ticks I'd say is against the Steelers is that, you know, and unless they can stay healthy, the Steelers, I don't, I don't know what happened to the Steelers this year, but <laughs> uh, they, they've got definitely a lot of questions uh, that need to be answered in the off season. And, um, you know, as, as fun as it would be to go play with your brothers, you know, um, again, I don't know that he's the missing piece that they, they need. I think they'd be better off investing elsewhere more than likely. And, um, you know, I haven't kept up a whole lot with the whole, with, uh, Ben's situation either Roethlisberger's, but, uh, you know, I think they've got some question marks around that too, that they're going to have to address too. So I think the Steelers probably just have bigger issues right now. Um, you know, as, as nice as that sounds, but, uh, I could see the Titans being a viable, viable option there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, AFC is kind of, kind of stacked with some other teams. They have a lot of, a lot of good teams in the, the AFC coming up. Um, and of course, you know, Tom Brady has been, uh, uh rumors have been said that he's been trying to get JJ to come to the box as well to make another run. Um, you know, and Brady's very convincing. He's able to convince people wrong. So, um, if, if he went to the Bucks, I would just be done with the whole football season. I'd be like, yep, no, I'm not even the box. Like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's starting to feel like that anytime Tom Brady's on a field. It's just like, yeah, why, why are we even watching? I should have known that, you know, he was going to win. Um, well, all right, Brian, well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, spending the time that you did uh, to talk about these things. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun having different people's perspectives other than just being Chris. So, um, appreciate you taking the time to, to do it, especially uh, away from the fam and stuff like that. But um, hopefully maybe we can get you on again some other time and we'll do like the three-headed monster. We'll have all three of us on um, and, uh, and have it, you know, down that way. Um, but uh, anything else you want to add in before, uh, before you head off? Uh, no, I, I, you know, I don't have a nickname. I don't have any partying shots or anything like that either. So I uh, just appreciate the opportunity. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to work on the But all right, we appreciate you guys listening to this part. We'll hear in like an hour, hour and a half or so. We'll have uh, the second part with uh, Chris and uh, look forward to hearing the second half. So we'll catch you guys later. All right, what's up, everyone? This is a new episode of Sports Harder. Coming at you live on this Saturday morning edition of our Sports Harder podcast. I am your host, Maddie Lukewarm Ice, and my newly awoken co-host is Chris the Gorilla Binder. What's up? <laughs> see, now I could say that because everybody could see you yawning. They maybe didn't hear it on the audio, but they can definitely see it on the video, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we're not lying. It definitely is Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, and it's early Saturday morning for me. Oh. That's very true. You wanted to do it even earlier, though, so I was the one that was like, "Ah, oh, maybe we should uh, push it back a little bit." So 
I wanted to get a little bit more sleep at least. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, we have a, a fun episode uh, today. If you uh, didn't catch the first part, at least when it comes to the video portion, um, my uh, brother-in-law, Brian Hilton, who uh, did the logo for us, uh, joined us uh, for the first 30 minutes of the podcast. So go check it out on YouTube and watch the first part. This will be the second part to the episode. Um, we're at episode number 97. We're getting closer and closer to 100. I can't believe it. Like slowly but surely, you know, almost there. So um, real excited about being able to do um, our 100th episode. Got to think of something wild and crazy to do. I don't know. Maybe have like a million guests come on or something like that. Or um, who who could we convince just because it's our 100th episode to come on the show? Like who, who can we like finagle into it? Um I, maybe someone from the jazz since they're playing so well right now you can just go and like let them let them know hey we, we got our 100th episode coming up for our sports podcast you guys like one of you guys needs to like come on yeah and we just still only get like 10 views <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> hey we, we love those 10 people <laughs> exactly yeah we we love love the the 10 listeners that we normally get um it was crazy the amount of views that we got for the super bowl we got like uh 43 views on youtube for our super bowl one or something like wow. that i mean the 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 super bowl really uh hit hit big on youtube at least on the regular actual audio listens we still had the same number that we usually get but but on YouTube, we got we got a big hit during the Super Bowl, so that was that was cool. Um, well, let's start off with uh, what's going down and the most recent thing that has happened. And we uh, I talked about it with my brother in law Brian a little bit, but want to get your perspective, and then I'll kind of re you know go over my perspective on it. So Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles being traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, for a second and a third round pick, um, one for this year, and then uh, a conditional uh, second round pick for next year. And I, you know, pointed it out to talk about the subject. Jared Goff, you know, going number one, Carson Wentz going number two in the draft the, the year they got drafted, both of them leading their teams to a Super Bowl. Technically, neither of them won a Super Bowl for their team because Carson Wentz wasn't playing in the Super Bowl. Jared Goff lost to the Patriots. Um, have you ever seen something like this? Like, did you think something like that would happen with both of them leading their teams to Super Bowls that they're now playing for other teams, you know? Honestly, no, because I really never thought Jared Goff was good enough to lead to lead a team to a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, yeah. same with Carson Wentz. Like I'm like kid from North Dakota State. Like, and then I saw him play in the NFL. I was like, holy crap, this kid's actually really good. He's got some talent, but then he gets hurt all the time. Yeah. So he, he's the Derrick Rose of the NFL. <laughs> so, but no, yeah. seeing seeing both of them lead to a Super Bowl. I, I honestly, that's, I don't think that's anything that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. Like the number one and two picks in one draft have both led their team to a Super Bowl. And then now they're being traded to other teams. Um, yeah. So basically saying, oh, well, thank you for getting us to a Super Bowl. Here, go play for somebody else now. 
Um, you know, and they both, you know, excuse me, at least Jared Goff with, you know, getting his big contract once he led them to the Super Bowl. I don't think Carson Wentz got a big contract, did he? Once they went to the Super Bowl, I can't remember. He, he was getting thirty million a year. Oh, okay, so yeah, he did get paid pretty well then yeah, after yeah. that. Um, it was five years, one hundred and fifty million. Okay, so well, with with that, um, the Jared Goff Matthew Stafford trade um, with the number one picks that were involved in making that trade happen. I know it's because mainly because Jared Goff had such a baggage contract that you know a team would have to take with that. But as soon as that trade happened, I figured, okay, every other trade for a quarterback, that's kind of setting the standard. And especially since, you know, Carson Wentz technically won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, I figured that you got to at least get at least one first round pick out of it. Um, I I feel like the Eagles basically got nothing for him and the Colts got, you know, an amazing deal out of this. Like you said, Carson Wentz ha- does have trouble staying healthy, so that it could be a key factor. But um, in my opinion, I feel like the Eagles are spiraling out of control and they're kind of going downhill in their tra- trajectory. Um, I told Brian on the podcast last night, I said, I feel more confident about the, how the Detroit Lions are heading more so than the Eagles. And that's that's saying some something because Detroit's never been that good at – management and getting talent to come in and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, with, with the Eagles making this move and the Colts making this move, you know, let's hear your, your side of it, winners, losers, how you feel the future is for, for both teams with making this trade. Well, really quick, I'm going to step on your little um, talk about the Detroit Lions because, like, <laughs> they're going to lose Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, their top two receivers. <laughs> Like, they don't want to play for the Lions next year. They've already yeah. said that. We did talk about that a little bit with Brian as well. You know, he felt like they, they were going to go, um, especially to maybe the Rams because they were saying they wanted to play with Matthew Stafford. And Brian did say that he felt like they will leave, but not necessarily to the Rams just because, you know, the Rams already have, you know, a pretty decent wide receiver core. And so it would be hard to add – one of those kind of top two guys onto a team that I could see, I could see like, I could see Marvin Jones going there just because he's not like a super top tier. He's not going to be super expensive. He's probably going to be around the seven, 8 million a year. Um, But like Kenny Galladay is probably going to be about nine to 10 million a year. So I don't see him going to the Rams. I see him going somewhere else. So um, he could probably end up like, I would think, like Indianapolis or even Buffalo, you know, I could see Galladay going to either of those teams. Um, but as far as the Eagles go, yeah, I feel like the Eagles are spiral, spiraling pretty bad. Like I have a couple of friends that are Eagles fans and we were talking about it on Thursday um, in our bowling league. And they, like they were happy with Carson Wentz going just because of the contract. Like it opens up a lot of cap space for them. But at the same time, they're like, why are we getting rid of our best player? Like, it makes no sense. And Jalen Hurts is not that good. And, like, that was part of the conversation we were having. I told him, I was like, yeah, I don't think Jalen Hurts is – I honestly don't think he's fully NFL ready. 
Like, yeah, he had he had some good plays, but he doesn't know how to lead a team yet. He's not at that at that point. Um, but you know, I I think if the Colts make it to the playoffs and that conditional second round pick becomes a first round pick, then then the Eagles won. The Eagles actually got pretty good draft capital back. But if the Colts don't make the playoffs and all they get is that second round pick and they got a third and a second round pick for a number two quarterback that led the team to winning seasons, led the team to back-to-back NFC uh, East championships, NFC East titles, then no, they, they, they lost. They lost that 100%. Carson Wentz is actually a really good quarterback if he stays healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 the key. And you know, the Colts keep on feeling like they're a quarterback away from being able to get to where they need to be. Um, and they thought they had that with Philip Rivers, and obviously that didn't play out. You know, like they wanted. Now, I don't know if that's because Philip Rivers, you know, is up there in age and, you know, he decided to retire. And so maybe having a new, you know, young gun, young gun slinger, you know, can maybe revive that, you know, that offense and what they need because they have a pretty decent defense right now. Um, But they, they basically are you know, in the mix in the AFC, but the AFC is so fully loaded right now, you know, because, you know, the Bills now coming out, no, well, not coming out of nowhere. Everyone kind of thought that they would do well with having Tom Brady gone from the Patriots, but excuse me, the, um, you know, you still have like the Ravens or the Dolphins, um, the Chiefs. You know, the Titans, yeah, you have all these teams in the AFC that are, are pretty stacked that you have to worry about. You know, you don't have teams like an NFC East <laughs> division where, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, like all these guys, it's not not that not that difficult, not that hard. So um, we can win I, six games and get to the playoffs. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's why I'm just like, well, I don't I, I have confidence that the Colts could, you know, potentially win the division um, or at least compete with the Titans. But, you know, that's that's still going to be difficult for them to get over the hump. And, of course, the Chiefs are still there and the Chiefs, you know, want to come back. You know, they're not going to roll over and, you know, play dead just because they, you know, lost the Super Bowl. So, um, so, yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I feel like the the Eagles could potentially go and get a um, quarterback in the draft this year. Uh, um, even with them drafting Jalen Hurts last year, I feel like with them having such a higher pick this year that they could go and, and get a quarterback and have a quarterback battle between the rookie and Jalen Hurts, who basically is still a rookie. It's only It would only be a second year. Um, so I, I think the Eagles probably go down that route, especially with all the – top tier quarterbacks that are coming out of the draft this year. Um, Out of nowhere, talking about the draft, moving on to that, um, Zach Wilson from BYU, the quarterback is jumping up. The, his stock is rising for, Mm -hmm. for him as uh, a quarterback getting drafted by a team. Um, 
a lot of people in their mock drafts for like ESPN and stuff like that, they have him as the number two quarterback. So yeah, going above Justin Fields. Yeah, going above Justin Fields, which I was really surprised because, like, you know, everyone had Justin Fields up there, um, especially with um, him making it to uh, the uh, national championship game. So, um, and how, you know, they played against Clemson. Uh, But then, you know, Trevor Lawrence is still at number one uh, as of right now just because of how his pro day went, which I think is always funny when – you know, a pro day happens and then they say, oh, you know, he solidified his spot at getting taken number one. And it's just like they're, they're running around in shorts, not having any pressure in their face, not having anybody come at them and making throws that they make at practice all the time. So, of course, they're going to look good. Like if they look bad in that, then obviously, yeah, you wouldn't want to take them. But if you're a number one overall pick, I don't think you're going to be bad at throwing a ball in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> See, that's one thing that I actually liked about Johnny Manziel with his pro day. He came out in full pads, full like pad, helmet yeah. pads and everything. Like I thought yeah. that was cool. It showed, look, I could do this still in my pads. Like it, it doesn't have to be shorts, you know? Yeah. Um, but I wanted to jump back to the Colts really quick. Um, and I know we're kind of transitioning off of that, but the Colts, since Andrew Luck retired in 2018, have had mm-hmm. so three years that Carson Wentz will be their fourth starting quarterback. Oh, yeah. They've definitely hop- hopped around on quarterbacks a lot since he left. And yeah. I know they tried to get him to come back as well. Um, they talked about him trying to unretire and then you know like come back um now that he's like healthy stuff but i just don't feel like he's gonna do it probably not yeah it's just it's funny that they're just chasing that quarterback you know i mean they they have the defense honestly they they were for the majority of the year they were the number one defense but then the Rams came out of nowhere, like, well, not really coming out of nowhere because everybody knows how good their defense is. But the Rams just blew up in, like, the last quarter of the of the season, you know, and they took over the number one defensive spot and bumped the Colts down. I think the Colts actually bumped down to, like, number three because the Bucks stepped up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um... – yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting uh, with that to see you know the pieces that uh, go with that. And talking about the Colts and their division and everything, uh, we did talk. Uh, well, I talked about with Brian, uh, you know, JJ Watt and his continuing of you know trying to figure out where he's going to land. Um, there have been talks that you know the Tennessee Titans are in the running to get JJ Watt as well, because obviously you know he wants to be on a team that's a contender. And, you know, Brian made a good point of, you know, him wanting to go to a team that actually, like, needs him on defense and that he would be the main guy and he would be able to help, you know, like, turn things around. And the Tennessee Titans are – their defense is exactly that. Because, I mean, I can't really think of too many, you know, people on their defense that are, like, you know, big names that are, you know, helping them out. I know they went and got um, Clowney, you know, but – uh, if you know they had JJ um, 
that would basically be a reunion, him and him and <laughs> Clowney when they played together uh, with the Texans. So, um, I guess like with that, I, I almost feel like the the Titans or the Packers is kind of like the best situation for him to be able to to win right now. Um, I feel like if he went to the Steelers, it would just be more so nostalgic of just playing with his brothers and wanting to play with his brothers. Um, I mean, do you think it's more so him wanting to to win right now or, you know, more just wanting to play and have fun? Um, I know, excuse me, there have been rumors as well, and I talked about with Brian that, you know, Tom Brady has been trying to convince him to come to the Bucks. you know, because obviously Tom Brady wants to, you know – excuse me, win another title. Um, so, I mean, do you think he could even jump on that bandwagon and just be like, well, it's Tom Brady, you know, he's won a title. Let me go and win another one, you know, for, for them with that. You know, the Bucks were already an established team, but then Brady comes in and I'm not saying that Brady did it, but they turned into LeBron James. <laughs> because then Gronk came back and then Antonio Brown and then Leonard Fournette. I'm like, come on, guys, you're stacking this team. Like, nobody's going to beat you. And now <laughs> they want to add J.J. Watt to that with Ndamukong Sue. Like, no, 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 no. Um, honestly, I think J.J. Watt is going to chase his title. I don't think he's going to go play with his brothers. Um, I know that that's something that he would – he would like to go play with his brothers, but he wants his title. He, he's like, I've been playing on a, on a perennial wild card team my entire <laughs> career. So yeah. I, I, I think he goes to the Packers. It may be like a short-term deal, like three years. Um, that way he can like retire afterwards, but he'll probably go back to the, he'll probably play one season with his brothers and then he'll bounce back to the Texans just to retire. And he'll retire a Texan. But I, I honestly think I think he's going to end up in Green Bay on like a, a two- to three-year contract and try to win a, a title with Green Bay. And, I mean, I could see Green Bay actually winning a title in the next two to three years. They, they have the team to do it. And they've already cleared some cap space by getting rid of um, – one of their starting tackles, and then they got rid of Christian Kirksey as well. And Christian Kirksey was on a, a he was on a three-year, thirty-six million dollar contract, so twelve million a year. So they cleared twelve million right there off the defense. So they they could pay JJ Watt, and I, I think they're they're actually pursuing him. They're like, come play. Like, I I I really really think that that's where he's going to end up. Fair enough. Um, uh, I forgot to, to mention before we did have a uh, comment on our um, our uh, podcast page when the Carson Wentz uh, deal happened, and it was uh, Matt Klein, who is a um, Washington uh, football team fan, and he said uh, in his comment on the post about Wentz, he said they're way over the new low cap numbers. So. Um, I don't know if he's talking about the Eagles or if he's talking about the, the Colts uh, with that. Um, nah, the Eagles were over the cap. That was part of why they traded him to clear some cap space. 
but they were they weren't way over. They were like six million over. So so yeah, I mean, uh, cap is always the you know problem when it comes to um, when it comes to the NFL trying to manage you know cap space and and different things like that. Um, and the NFL doesn't have the the things like the NBA and Major League Baseball do, where it's a uh, like they have the luxury tax for going over the cap. The NFL is like, no, you hit the cap. Like mm-hmm. you cannot be over the cap. Fair enough. Um, well, uh, I guess uh, there's uh, one last thing that I think we could do to have some fun with uh, the NFL. Um, but before I do that, is there anything else that like topics in the NFL that you think we uh, should cover that you've been thinking about or that you've been wanting to talk about since you've been on uh, the show? Because I know you've missed, uh, uh, you know, last week's episode and stuff like that. So, yeah. So um, one of the funny things about the, the Colts getting Carson Wentz, he was their second choice. So they actually reached out to Mike Mayock and John Gruden to inquire for Derek Carr because they wanted Derek Carr. Yeah. And Mike Mayock was like, he's not available. Like they actually, like the Colts, uh, Frank Wright came out and was like, yeah, we reached out. And they were very firm about he's not available. <laughs> hmm, that's weird. Um, I, I thought for sure that it was something that they were wanting to do. Um, the Raiders, at least. Nope. Um, they want to trade Mariota because he's like 13 million or something like that, or 11 million towards the cap. So they're trying to trade him. Yeah. But I thought, I thought they were trying to move on from, from Carr as well. So um, just, no, you know, with, terrible rumors with how bad the, you know, fans have been, not necessarily you, but I know you talk about. Raiders fans, you know, blaming him, you know, in the past, and that it's, it's dumb and it's not all on him. Um, so, e- even so, I thought for sure, just with how big the the fan base tries to push things, you know, sometimes in the NFL, they, you know, sometimes control ownership because ownership wants people to buy tickets, and so if the fans are upset and they're not going to buy tickets, then you know, sometimes the fans can be a lot more influential than. Um, than not, you know, we've seen uh, rookie quarterbacks go in too soon because at stadiums, fans are chanting to put the, the the rookie quarterback in, you know. You know, every week they're just in the stadium chanting to put the rookie in. And so, um, you know, and then the owner tells the coach, all right, you know, they, you know, they are wanting them in and they are the ones that buy the tickets, so put them in. And sometimes, you know, they put them in too soon and he's not ready. So, yeah. Um, so with Derek Carr, um, why would you move off of a top ten quarterback to get somebody that's going to be worse? The only way that they move off of Derek Carr is if they get they solidify a deal to get Deshaun Watson. That's it. That is the only way that that happens. Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback. Yes, he makes mistakes. What quarterback doesn't? Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the NFC Championship and yeah. still won somehow. What quarterback doesn't make mistakes? Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. He is a team leader. The thing that people don't look at is in his entire career, 
the top defense he's had was ranked 22nd in the NFL. And that was in 2016 when he led them to the playoffs. And then he broke his leg and couldn't play in the playoffs. That was a year that we probably could have gone pretty deep in the playoffs. But we ended up, because he broke his leg, and then the next game, our second-string quarterback got hurt. We put in a rookie third-string quarterback, Connor Cook, in to start in the playoffs. The guy had never taken a snap with the first team. So, yeah, Derek Carr is like, he's not the problem. And I hate that all of the blame goes on the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But on the, on the flip side, I hate that the quarterback gets all of the credit when a team wins. Like Tom Brady did not win the Super Bowl. Their defense won that Super Bowl a hundred percent. Like they shut the Chiefs down. They yeah. shut everybody down. They locked down Tyreek Hill. They locked down Travis Kelsey. They did what no other team has ever been able to do against the Chiefs. They locked them down. They scored nine points. The highest scoring offense in the past three years scored nine points in the Super Bowl. Three field goals. <laughs> Freaking terrible. No, it was it was a field goal and then a touchdown with a missed extra point. That's what it was. But the the defense really is what wins championships. Yeah. And the Raiders have had the worst, like in the, the bottom 10 defense, Derek Carr's entire career. Give him like, give him the Bucks defense, give him the Colts <laughs> defense. He's going to win Super Bowls. Yeah. Because he's that good of a quarterback. So, no, Mayock isn't getting off of Derek Carr unless he can get someone like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. So, speaking of uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, this last thing that I want to do uh, for NFL, I just want to have, like, a big crystal ball here, and we're going to be doing some, like, you know, witchcraft and predicting and looking into the future if we had our own glass balls i want to see how we feel about certain quarterbacks and what their future holds going forward so um you know i'll give you the the easy one to start off with so just and we just mentioned him deshaun watson so with this big crystal ball that you have in front of you chris what is deshaun watson's future is he is he going to be uh, suiting up as a Texan, or is he going to be suiting up with another team by the time the season starts? I don't think the te- I think the Texans are too stubborn. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to allow the trade to go through. But Sean Watson won't play. Oh, he won't play. All right. He'll take the eighteen million dollar hit for missing the whole season. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to. Be- he does not want to be there. So, I I think he'll be traded next year. I think they'll finally see that it's real and be like, okay, bye. You know, we'll, we'll get rid of you. But I, I don't see him playing this year. All righty. Um, if, I, if I had to look into my crystal ball for that, um, I don't know. I would have to almost agree. I feel like him sitting out, though, is going to be too uh, detrimental to his career going forward. Excuse me, we've seen what, you know, sitting out does for, like, a Le'Veon Bell. Excuse me, I know running back and quarterback are two different positions, but I just feel like 
Le'Veon kind of showed, you know, if you take a year off, that kind of hurts your career and you're just not in the same routine and the same habits as you were when when you're, you know, playing uh, playing regularly. So, all right. Next uh, contestant in our crystal ball here, we're going to go to the NFC East again, and we're going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I'm sure your, your mom has maybe – had a lot to say about this being a Cowboys fan. I haven't heard anything from Boo Boo or David, but uh, Dak Prescott. So if we were looking into our crystal ball, uh, Chris, what do we see for the future of Dak Prescott going forward? Dak Prescott leaves the Cowboys. Oh, okay. I could see Dak Prescott. Huh. Team that needs a quarterback. Not sure where he would go. Maybe San Francisco. Ah, oh, you took that from me. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> you stole my answer. <laughs> because Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay him what he thinks he's worth. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I this is the one time that I've ever agreed with Jerry Jones. Oh, oh wow! Dak Prescott is not Patrick Mahomes' money. Yeah, or Deshaun, he's not even Deshaun Watson money. Just, just saying it. Like I, I could see him getting about a thirty-five million dollar a year contract, but there's no way he gets thirty-seven to forty million, and he wants forty million. Like no, San Francisco. However, I think they'll pay him because they're trying to get off Jimmy G's contract. Ah, I love it. Well, you stole my answer there. I was going to say that he he would probably move on to the 49ers. So uh, it kind of stole my thunder there. But that's all right. That's all right. We're just <laughs> on the same wavelength. We're, on, we're thinking on the same page. So with that, then uh, we move on to the 49ers. Jimmy G and looking into his future. Uh, obviously, if maybe Dak is going in that direction, where does uh, Jimmy G fall in his, uh, his uh, going forward in the future? The Patriots. Ah, that's what I was going to say, too. Golly, Ned. He he falls back over to the Patriots. He knows Bill (laughs) Belichick's system. Bill Belichick needs a quarterback that he can trust. And, you know, I mean, he was the highest draft pick that Bill Belichick ever took for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he was, like, second or third round. But it it was the highest pick that he'd ever taken for a quarterback. Um. I, I honestly, that's that's where I see him going, is back to the Patriots to play in that Bill Belichick system. Oh, man. All right. I, I like it. That's, that's what I was going to say as well. I feel like he's going to go back to where he's comfortable and uh, a team that actually wants him, you know. Um, I think the only reason why he didn't stay was because of the whole Tom Brady thing in, in New England and everyone uh, in the organization wanted Tom Brady to retire as a Patriot. So, um, and obviously it didn't go down that route. So um, they're going to try to correct that mistake and go uh, maybe try to get Jimmy G back. Um, all right. I like that. Well, to end it, we're going to end with uh, two, uh, two older quarterbacks and uh, see what their, their future holds. So if you were uh, looking into the uh, crystal ball of uh, big Ben uh, what what would you see his uh, his future holding as a retirement or is he he trying to make a go of it again? I think I think the Steelers are going to give him an option and say either retire or we're going to cut you. 
He said, well, we don't want to pay you how much your contract is. Because I think he's upwards of like $30 million, $32 million a year, something like that. So I, I think the Steelers are going to give him that option and say, hey, retire or we're cutting you. Yeah, but I don't. And, I don't see him playing for the Steelers for another year. Alrighty. Um, yeah, I, I think if the Steelers were smart, they would definitely go down that route. Um, I, I don't feel like Big Ben is is the answer. I mean, yeah, they went eleven and zero last year, but I mean, who were they really playing? And did Big Ben really make it where they got to eleven and zero? I don't. I don't think so. So that was defense. <laughs> Yeah, it was all yeah. defense. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I feel like um you know they they definitely need to go that route. I could definitely I agree with you. I I see Big Ben probably retiring or at least you know having to be forced to retire if that's the case. And of course you know when those situations happen, no one ever comes out and says, well they forced me to retire. So um, it's one of those things where um, they kind of just bow out gracefully and kind of do it that way. So I, I, I could see Big Ben doing that as well. Um, now, the the last quarterback, because um, uh, I don't think he's officially – I don't think he ever officially said anything as far as I can remember. You could correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, if we were looking into the, the crystal ball for uh, Drew Brees – uh, I know a lot of people said that, you know, uh, the way he was acting, that he was going to retire. But I don't think he ever officially came out and made a statement that he was going to retire. He's never actually said it. Um, I think he's kind of weighing the options, discussing with his family. I honestly feel Drew Brees will come back for one more year. He'll play one more year for the Saints. And then no matter what, he'll hang him up no matter how they go, like he wants to try to win another Super Bowl. Yeah. But what player doesn't? Once you've got one, you want more. It's like tattoos. You get one, <laughs> you want more, and then you end up looking like me, like freaking sleeved and <laughs> full back covered. And yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I could see him coming back for one more year and the Saints actually making a push. Um. You know, kind of beefing up their defense even more, beefing up their offense even more, even though their offense is kind of a juggernaut. But I, I see him coming back one more year. They, they'll make it to the NFC Championship, and they'll lose, and then he'll retire. Alrighty, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like he could come back again just to try to make a push. Um, I mean, they beat the Bucks. <laughs> twice in the regular season, but then couldn't beat him in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I don't know if he Refs. still feels. <laughs> I, I still don't know if he feels like that. You know, he has some type of chance. You know, to beat Tom. You know, in in the playoffs uh, and try to go down that route. Um, but I feel like the Saints are still missing pieces. I, I don't know what it is because it seems like they're, you know, a pretty complete, you know, good team. Um, but for some odd reason, they just either get unlucky or they just don't have the pieces. I mean, this past this past season against the Bucks in the playoffs, they didn't really have any excuses. There weren't any real bad calls that I can remember. And, you know, they didn't have any unlucky plays uh, like the Music City Miracle, uh, not Music City Miracle, the uh, Minnesota Miracle. So, um, 
you know, so I, you know, I, I, I don't know what it would take for, for, for them to get over the hump, but I, I, I feel like, yeah, he'll probably still try to get another, another try, maybe try to pass Tom Brady for the touchdown record since they kept on going back and forth for it. Um, but to be honest, I don't think, I don't think he'll beat Tom because Tom will still keep playing even after he retires. So um, I, I can tell you what they need. They need a stronger wide receiver core because every team knows he's going after Michael Thomas because they have Traquan Smith, who is fast, but not a reliable target. And then they have Emmanuel Sanders, who's old. And then they have Jared Cook as their tight end. So they have Michael Thomas and Jared Cook. They need to beef up their receivers. I could see... Kenny Galladay going there, you know, they drop, uh, yeah, they drop, uh, or even Marvin Jones, like one of the two going there. Um, but I, th- I think they drop Emmanuel Sanders. I think they cut him and they bring in a younger, faster receiver like a Kenny Galladay or a Marvin Jones, you know, or Juju Smith Schuster and have Juju next to Michael Thomas. Like who are you going to cover at that point? <laughs> Right, you know, it's like give, pick your poison type some, of thing. Yeah, give him some some strong receiving tools to be able to carry them to that next level. At least give him a shot, you know. Yeah, I feel like the Packers kind of need to do that for Aaron Rodgers as well. Give him someone other than Devontae Adams, you know, because um, you know obviously him and Devontae helped him win another MVP, his third MVP, but. Um, I feel like if they want to get over the hump as well, they need someone other than Defonte Adams to throw to. So, um, and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees are known for making average wide receivers <laughs> look great. Just because you know Drew Brees is known like almost every game that he plays in, the announcers are always just like, "That's the eighth different receiver he's thrown it to," or you know. Like, that's the ninth person he's thrown to or, you know, whatever it may be. So they know how to spread the ball around, and they're going to throw it to whoever's open, and they're going to make you open by the way they throw it. Um, But it would just be nice to not have to try so hard for those guys. Like, if they didn't have to try so hard and they they had someone that could, uh, you know, make it look even easier than what they already make it look. So Yeah, like, you you give either of them – the Bucks team, the Bucks receiving core, and they're going to win a Super Bowl. Like Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, uh, Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin. Then you have Gronk, Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard as tight ends. Like, that is a ridiculous receiving core. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of their receivers uh, were uh, injured for the playoffs and the, and the Super Bowl for the Bucks, you know. Um, they didn't have everyone at a hundred percent. Um, you know, OJ Howard was out for the whole season. So, um, and and Gronk came in and I feel like Gronk didn't play really that good, like the whole season, but then he shows up to the Super Bowl and scores two touchdowns. It's just like, that's so typical of like him and Tom Brady. I feel like it's just like, Oh yeah. Like don't, don't, uh, pour it on until it's the biggest game, you know? So um, that's when they're going to pull out their secret weapon and pull out the, the stops for it. Um, 
but all right well i guess the the next thing to look forward to of course will be the the nfl draft uh i might have to owe you a uh, a pop for uh for trevor lawrence going number one we'll see what happens maybe zach wilson will do me a favor and uh <laughs> but bump off trevor lawrence i doubt it but it would be it would, it would help me out a lot um but uh, it, it'll be interesting. A lot of offensive uh, weapons are going to go uh, in the in the top ten. So a lot of the the NFL mock drafts have um, like th- three or four quarterbacks going in the the top ten, and then uh, a bunch of wide receivers. Um, I know there's a couple offensive linemen that are going to go top five as well. So. Um, of course, you never know um, until the draft actually happens, you know, because crazy, crazy things always happen in the draft, it seems like, especially teams who are known for doing dumb stuff. Not necessarily dumb, but I guess trying to trying to pick the the what I call the sexy pick. You know, Jerry Jones always somehow goes in and picks the sexy pick instead of picking what's needed. So, you know, you never you never know. <laughs> like when he took C.B. Lamb. When he's got a stacked receiving core, like, like you didn't need C.D. Lamb. Yeah. But it's like, he why was not there, go so... on defense? Why not pick a, a defensive player? <laughs> right. No, um, here, here's a thought. The Eagles traded off Carson Wentz. They have the number seven pick. Do they get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? I think Zach Wilson would go way before number six. Um, I could see Fields jumping, jump or uh, dropping to that pick. Yeah, I I could definitely see them picking picking him up for sure. But I, I think that was partially why they were okay with getting rid of Wentz for the draft capital that they got for him was because they have the number seven pick, so they know they're gonna get a quarterback. They're gonna get one of the top four quarterbacks in the draft. Whether it's Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or Mac, whatever the hell his name is from Alabama, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll be surprised as hell if uh, Alabama quarterback works out in the NFL because <laughs> it doesn't seem like it ever does. <laughs> right. So I sneeze. <laughs> Don't do it. No. You... <laughs> pineapple. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, alrighty, cool. Well, uh, moving on to, uh, NBA action, uh, that is going to kind of be the, the focal point that, and, uh, March Madness coming up here soon. Um, we're going to do our March Madness, uh, bracket challenge like we always do. Um, and we'll always do it the same way that we do every year because I feel like it's fun doing it that way where you have to beat me and Chris, the experts, to be able to win the prize. So if you're able to beat both of us in the March Madness bracket, then you're able to uh, get a prize. Um, I feel like we can kind of throw over those uh, tombstone pitchers as, as a prize for March Madness. Um, I think uh, that would be a, a good idea. Um, yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, since no one else picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl other than Boo Boo, so... Um, well, but we'll have that for March Madness. You got to beat the experts. You got to beat me and Chris to be able to uh, to win the prize. Um, March Madness. Which be- I just want to throw out really quick. Yeah. 
Boo Boo, I'm sorry. I haven't mailed that out yet. I've been crazy busy. I will get that mailed out this week for you though. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's probably in no, no hurry, but, uh, but awesome. Uh, the, but yeah, uh, March Madness will be crazy this year because there's a lot of college teams that, um, are always like number one throughout the years. I don't know if it's because of it's COVID related or what's going on, but like a team like uh, Duke and like Kentucky and North Carolina, they're not even in the top tiers, you know? Um, yeah. Let's see for the, let me, let me look at it here real quick to see who, uh, who's in the top. Let's see. I wonder if I can, uh, won't let me filter it. Won't let me filter it. Number by... one. What's number up? Number one is Gonzaga. Number one's Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Number, number two, Baylor. Baylor. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Ohio State. And then number five, Illinois. So one of the top echelon type teams. Let's see. Yeah, Villanova at 10. They're usually pretty good. Kansas is at 23. North Carolina, Kentucky are not even in the top 25. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. San Diego State is ranked higher than North Carolina and Kentucky. Uh uh, yeah, I can't, I can't even find where it, where it has like the 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 top twenty five. I just see where it has like all the conferences for some odd reason. All I did was I searched college basketball rankings and it pulled up the AP top twenty five. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but Gonzaga is twenty one and zero this year. There's two undefeated teams: Gonzaga and Baylor. Baylor's seventeen and zero. Gonzaga's twenty one and zero. Gosh. But it's just so crazy that, like, you know, the normal uh, – I guess they call them, like, blue bloods, right? So, like, Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky, like, none of them are, like, at the top like they usually are. Yeah, they're not even in the top 25. That's just crazy. Yeah, so um, that's why I think this year will be interesting for March Madness. Like I said, I don't know if it's because COVID stuff or it's just – you know, they didn't have good recruiting. I, I don't know. But, you know, none of those top-tier uh, teams are, are doing well at all like they usually are. Um, it'd be interesting if they even make the, the March Madness bracket, to be honest. Um, right. So, uh, but we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll uh, let everyone know the details once it gets closer to, you know, starting the the, the tournament, starting the bracket. We'll let everyone uh know what's going on with that um so over to nba action um so of course we were talking about at the beginning of the show in the western conference the utah jazz man they they are on fire right now um i know they lost to the clippers last night um but they had before that they had won 19 of their last 20 games and that that's just insane um you know, the, the chemistry and the what they have going on right now, they're, you know, the number one seed in the West at uh, 24 and 6. Um, the Lakers. They're the number one in the entire NBA. Yeah, yeah. They're number one overall just in general. Yeah, you are correct. Um, 
and the the Lakers in the West at number two at twenty two and eight, and then the Clippers at twenty two and nine. Um, man, did 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 Shaquille O'Neal do them a favor or something with <laughs> calling uh, oh. Mitchell out? Like, dude, he lit a fire because since then, every member of the team has gone off. Like you had Jordan Clarkson had a forty two point game. Yeah, Rudy Gobert against uh, – who the hell was it? Oh, who was it that they just played? Not the Clippers, the game before that, when he went off for like 23 points and 21 rebounds. Like, they have just blown up. I, I really think Shaq lit a fire under the entire team and said, look, you're going to call one dude of, of our team out, we're going to show you how good of a team we really are. Yeah. Yeah, like it's uh, it, it's been crazy how they've uh, come onto the scene and they've definitely made a name for them, themselves. Um, do do I think that they need the number one seed to prove themselves or to prove anything? N- no. It, w- once it comes to playoff time, it, if they can start winning in the playoffs and win series, that's when they can finally, you know, put up or shut up and be able to finally prove someone like Shaquille O'Neal hey, like, you were wrong about us. Um, I don't think winning the number one seed in the West is going to really prove anything. Um, nope. You know, when it, when it comes to basketball, uh, seeding isn't as important as, like, NFL. Like, I feel like NFL is, is more important for that because usually the number one seed gets a bye. Um, you know, and the NBA, they don't have buys. So um, the number one seed... Yeah, you get a little bit of an advantage because you get to play the number eight seed, um, but I, I still, I still don't don't see it being that big of an advantage once you get past the first round. Um, no, because once you get past the first round, then you're starting to play teams who are actually going to try, um, unlike what they do in the regular season. Uh, well, and like if if the playoffs started right now. The Jazz would be playing the Warriors. Is that really a team you want to play in the first round? <laughs> right. Uh, that's uh, that's that's definitely true for that. Um, and then over in the East, to talk about the East a little bit, um, the 76ers kind of making a, a push as well, kind of you know letting the the Bucks know that hey, we're here too. You know, because the Bucks have been dominating the East for the past two years. Um, 76ers got a couple people during the offseason that, you know, have won titles, have won with the Lakers or won with the Raptors. Excuse me. And um, I think it's turned the team around completely. Um, I think if Embiid mm. can stay healthy, um, the 76ers are going to be kind of someone to mess with and try to – you know, prove that the Nets, you know, can't just get a, you know, a big three and call it good and try to, you know, try to win. Because um, right now the 76ers are in first place at 20 and 10. The Nets are at 19 and 12 and the Bucks are at 17 and 13. Um, so, and look at my Chicago Bulls, you know, one game behind uh, the eighth spot. <laughs> Maybe maybe my, my seven games out of first. Maybe maybe my my Bulls can uh, make the playoffs. Get in, get in as an eight seed. You know, <laughs> get stomped by whoever the number one seed will be. 
What's surprising to me, though, is the Heat that were in the finals last year are 12 and 17 this year. Yep, they are. Yep. But like, they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it is a long season, though. I mean, NBA has a lot of games. Um, so didn't they cut it down this year to only 72 games instead of 82? Or are they doing the full 82? Um, I can't remember. I think they, I think they did cut it down. I think it's a, I think it is a shorter season. Um, so we'll, 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 I mean, we'll have to see with that, but I don't think cutting it down by 10 games is really going to make that big of a difference by that point. The teams that are in the spots that they're in are the teams that need to be there. I, I, I don't think 10 more games would help determine a difference other than, you know, maybe the seventh or eighth seed or, you know, eighth or ninth seed or whatever. Those are the only teams that really can benefit from having extra games. The top tier teams, you know, providing extra games is not going to do anything for them. So, um, so here, I've got a, I've got a funny uh, NBA question for you. How do you feel about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert getting snubbed for the all-star game? Have they already voted for the All-Stars? They've got the starters. They got the starters? Wow. Yeah, they're gonna announce they're gonna announce the reserves like later this week. Wow. That's like I, I don't I don't understand the disrespect for that. Like that just makes no sense to me. I mean, but isn't it voted by the fans? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand how the fans aren't voting for them. That's like uh Gobert like not getting recognition for being voted as defensive player of the year um four times yeah <laughs> yeah and so it's just like but but yeah he's not gonna be on the all-star team they're the number one team in the NBA right now and their top two people aren't gonna make the all-star team like that is that just boggles my mind like that's like unheard of like if it was any other team if it was like the Lakers and LeBron got snubbed and Anthony Davis like people would be losing their minds and going crazy um especially if they were like the number one team so in the whole NBA they have the best record so yeah I, that yeah that makes no sense to me so that that's actually one thing where I was pretty happy um Charles Barkley came out and was like, hold on one second. Oh, they actually already announced the reserves. Um, but you know, Charles Barkley came out and goes, this is a travesty. How can you have the best player on the number one team in the NBA not be a starter in the, in the all-star game? Yeah. Like, how, how does that work? Like, like Charles Barkley called it out. Um, so the starters for the Western Conference are Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, so some of those names I can understand why, why, you know, because. Uh, Luca, you know, could potentially win the MVP, you know, this year. But 
that you know that then yeah this still doesn't make any sense i don't know why they would have Kawhi leonard in there over you know donovan mitchell right right or even steph, steph curry. curry like like steph, steph curry's good i get it but the warriors are the number eight team and steph curry got the starting spot over donovan mitchell like donovan mitchell actually got in so they announced the reserves. So the reserves are Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. So the Jazz got three people. Chris Paul. And they said the biggest snubs were Devin Booker, DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, which De'Aaron Fox should have been there. Um, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. All of them got snubbed. Gosh. Wow. I think the Aaron Fox should have been in over Chris Paul easily. And I'm, I'm just going to say it like Zion Williamson should have been in there over uh, Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis hasn't really done much this year. Yeah. And he's been injured. He's been missing games, hasn't he? Yeah. So Zion Williamson should be in there over Anthony Davis. This is what I hate about, like, the All-Star Games being um, popularity contests. Well, it's fans voted. It's like, no, you, you need to go off of the stats. You need to go off of who the best player on the best teams are. That's who should be in the, in the All-Star Games. Yeah, the, 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 the players from, like, the, the top, you know, three teams or top four teams or whatever, yeah. It, it should be uh, a combination of, of those players. Um, all The all-star game, I don't even think should be played. I think it should just be, you know, you made the all-star team and leave it at that because the, the, the players don't even care about playing in the all-star game anymore. I mean, what – I can't remember if they had it last year or not with everything with COVID, but it's just like the score gets up to like 200. Because there's like no defense, like they they just sit there and let each other slam dunk on each other, and there's there's you know let them shoot it without contesting it. Like there's no defense whatsoever because they don't care. They don't they don't want to get hurt or they don't want anything to happen to them while they're playing the All Star game. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched the All Star game since the Tracy McGrady backboard shot. <laughs> Like, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but I, I watch I watch the the other stuff. Like I, I I love watching the skills challenge, the three point contest, and the slam dunk contest. Like slam dunk contest has got kind of boring because what else are they gonna do? <laughs> like it, it was so bad. Donovan Mitchell when he won, like yeah, he was a showman, but he did two of his dunks were just repeats of other people's dunks that have won in the past. Yeah. Well, it's like how many people so can like, you jump over? How many things can you jump over? You know, type of thing. Everyone always just tries to jump over stuff. Um, I know someone like jumped over a car like a couple of years ago, and everyone like lost their minds. So, um, yeah, that was that was the Zach Levine and uh, dude from Orlando. Um, oh my God, why am I brain farting on his name? <laughs> Because he's from Orlando. Gordon, Gordon, Aaron Gordon. 
So it was Gordon and Zach Levine, their their dunk contest. Like that that was probably one of the most epic dunk contests I've ever seen because it was just both of them were doing crazy stuff and trying to compete. Like they had one of the guys was doing uh he jumped over a mascot and the mascot was on one of like the the little wheel things that you roll back and forth that Mike Tyson fell off and said he broke his back. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the uh um hoverboards or whatever. Yeah. So he the, the mascot was on that and spinning around with the ball and like doing this with the ball and he jumped over him under both legs and dunked it. Like that was a legit dunk. It was cool to watch. <laughs> but then like the just lately dunk contest isn't fun. I, I love watching the three point contest. Because that's an actual like skill, being able to shoot a three pointer and being able to shoot thirty of them in sixty seconds while running around, like yeah, that that's a skill. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. I mean uh, I remember back when the Warriors were, um, you know, the top team and no one could dethrone them. Uh, they did a uh, Sports Center special with um, uh, Clay Thompson, and he uh, was shooting threes in the dark. Like, he couldn't see, but he was shooting threes in the dark, and he made, like, nine out of ten of them. And it was just, like, that's just how automatic he is, that he didn't even – he couldn't even see the hoop, and he knew how to do his shot and how far and everything. That he made nine out of ten of them in the dark. Like, three-pointers, not crazy. even regular shots, three-pointers. Like, that was nuts. <laughs> that's insane. So – um so yeah we'll we'll keep everyone posted on the the nba and what's going on with that because that's going to be our uh main focal point for an uh for right now uh with everything going on in the off season um one thing we'll bring up with baseball because we posted about it on the um sports harder podcast page on facebook um the padres agree to a deal with uh fernando titus jr um, he's got a 14-year, $340 million extension. So he's going to be with the Padres for the next 14 years. Um, I, I was kind of surprised just because the Padres aren't that good of a team and not that popular. So I'm surprised they like paid someone like that, that kind of money. Um, I know that he's like on the cover of MLB, the show, the video game, they have him on the cover mm-hmm. and he's like the main guy. What the Padres didn't do anything last year. I mean, I can see, yeah, he's like a good player. It's almost like, you know, Mike Trout, Mike Trout's so popular and he's, he gets paid a lot of money and he's on the cover of different things, but he plays for the angels who aren't, aren't good. Um, that's one thing with baseball. I don't really understand as much. You know, the they, they focus on these individual players on teams that are bad sometimes just because they're they're still good on their team. It's kinda like Deshaun Watson, he was on a crappy team, but he had great numbers, you know. Um mm-hmm. so I, I just don't understand why teams like that win the World Series or, or teams that, that go farther in the playoffs or teams that have more historic uh, heritage, you know, maybe like the Yankees or the Red Sox or something like that, how they're not getting 
uh, more publicity or getting their their players on video game covers. I like I don't understand how a, a Dodgers player didn't make the cover of MLB the show when they just won the World Series last year. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know how you kind of feel about, you know, the dynamics of baseball and how how you feel about, I guess, what I what I just said or or what comments you have about that. Um, well, I want to touch on uh, Fernando Tatis really quick. They signed him to it was it was 13 or 14 years, right? 14. Yeah. 14 years. He was a rookie last year. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was his first year was last year. His MLB de- debut was March 28th, 2019. So, no, it was his second, second year. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. Second year player, and they handed him 14 years, $340 million. Like, they just locked him up for the remainder of his career. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> Like they, I think that is probably one of the smartest moves any baseball team has ever made. Oh, okay. Like you just lock, you just lock a young player up. The dude is twenty-two years old. You just locked him up for the remainder of his career. You guaranteed he's going to play for your team for the remainder of his career. No, you're not going to go play for the Yankees. You're not going to go play for the Red Sox. You're going to play for us because we love you and we're going to keep you here and we're going to build our team around you. That's really what they just told him. I think that is amazing. In the in this day and age where players are so like – what's the right word? Um, players and teams – they, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. So, blanking on the word. <laughs> yeah, brain fart. Basically, basically, there's no, there's no uh, loyalty. Loyalty on either side. That's not the right word that I'm looking for, but um, there's no loyalty on either side. It's just okay. You play for me until you're doing crappy, and then I'm going to trade you off to somebody else. Yeah. Or the players are like, well, I don't want to be here because you're not building around me, so I'm out. Like Deshaun Watson, yeah, I don't, I don't like I don't like what you guys are doing, so I'm out. You know, trade me, get rid of me. Yeah, there's no loyalty to the teams anymore. You know, there there hasn't been for probably a good forty years. You know, it's been it's been about forty years of of this whole back and forth. Um, but before that, teams were or teams and players were loyal to their team. You know, it, they were loyal to where they were playing. And I like to see that come back. You know, yeah, I don't, it'd be boring if the same damn team won every year. <laughs> it's, it's not fun. You want to see other teams up and coming, you know, but that's, that's the point of the drafts. That's the point of, of, of being able to pick up younger players out of the draft. You know, it's help build your team back up, help get them back to that level, but have some loyalty. So like Patrick Mahomes signing 10 years, as much as I hate that he's going to be a chief for 10 years, <laughs> I, I have a lot of respect for the fact that he signed 10 years and the chiefs actually offered 10 years. Like that shows 
loyalty between those two. That it's amazing to me. I love seeing that. Yeah. Now, why the Dodgers weren't on the cover of MLB The Show 21? Honestly, the biggest joke in the entire thing, we even cracked a joke about it, that between Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts, those two players made more money than the entire Atlanta Braves roster. No, the um, Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, yeah, it was a Tampa Bay Rays. That's who it was. It was a Tampa Bay Rays. They made more money than the Tampa Bay Rays entire roster. roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the the Dodgers, you know, yeah, they're the perennial teams. They're the big name, big market teams. The problem is they've all got that stigma that they buy their championships. Because yeah. they'll pay yeah. the luxury tax yeah. to have all of these big name players so that they can win the championship. Yeah. The Dodgers have paid and they finally won. Took them long enough. But <laughs> after getting there, how many you know, times? <laughs> right. And and just getting blown out. Now that that's been the problem. Then you have a team like the Padres who came up out of nowhere, made the playoffs, and they were like, who the hell is this? Like, these guys have always been a perennial losing team. They've always been the team that we beat up on. And now you're you're saying you're in the playoffs? Like, and now you're giving a dude 14 years, $340 million? Like, yeah, he – Fernando Tatis was the best player in the league last year. Like, by far. He was the best player in the entire MLB last year. So, the Padres giving him that extension – and him being on the cover of MLB The Show is showing, hey, we can appreciate youngsters. We can appreciate the best player in the league. We can appreciate who's going to step up and, and actually be a good face for the MLB. Unlike the NBA with Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um I mean, the NBA. Sorry, I went on pushed, a rant. <laughs> the NBA kind of pushed Donovan Mitchell when he first started uh, coming out, and you know, was basically carrying the Jazz at first. Like when when they first made the playoffs with him on the team as a rookie, like he was carrying mm-hmm. the team, and he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And I don't think he could really handle it. And I think this year has been great because. It, you know, it's not all on him. He has these other pieces around him that's, you know, really helping him out and stepping up. Um, so uh, I think sometimes putting all that publicity and all that, you know, uh, support into one guy, making him the face of your franchise, sometimes it puts a lot of, uh, of pressure on guys. Um, you know, it's like what I said with that 30 for 30, uh, with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa when they were competing for the home run record. And Mark McGuire said it was just killing him. He he couldn't take all the pressure from it. And, you know, it was detrimental to his health. But then, you know, there was people like Sammy Sosa who came up from nothing, you know, poor boy from Puerto Rico that loved every minute of it. He, he loved the publicity. Dominican Republic. Oh, sorry. So, you know. He 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 loved every every second of it and loved loved the spotlight, you know. So, um, 
but but yeah, I like I like what you said with that. That it's it's awesome to see a team put some loyalty and and put forth the effort to show loyalty. Um, I I just hope that a team like the Padres, like you said, can build around him and get other people to help. Because I feel like the Angels did that with Mike Trout when they paid him all that money, but then they haven't been able to do anything with him. Yeah, he's been one of the best players. One, you know, he's they Mike Trout. They say is a transcendent player in baseball, um, but he doesn't have any World Series titles. You know, he doesn't have he. Excuse me, hasn't even like gone to the playoffs. I don't think so. It's just like you know. Oh, excuse me. You know, they have to, you know, give him some help some somehow. And so I hope they can do that for this player as well. I have to admit that Fernando uh, Tatis Jr., I don't even really remember him from last year. Um, it might be that I just didn't follow baseball as well as I should have because the Orioles were so terrible. But um it, I, I don't really remember him all that much, and so that's why I was just surprised to see all of this. I mean, with him getting this big payday, I'm definitely going to pay attention to him more, that's for sure, um, and pay attention to the Padres more. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the, the the baseball season will, will be an interesting season because I know they're still talking about um, – you know, how many games they're going to play and different things like that. They're going to keep it a shorter season. Are they going to go back to, you know, the full games like they usually do? Um, you know, different things like that. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll keep everyone posted on uh, on uh, baseball and, uh, you know, obviously different things like that. I, I thought it was interesting that one of the headlines for baseball was Tim Tebow, like, retiring <laughs> He's not going to play baseball anymore. I was just like, I love how Major League Baseball, that's a a headline for them. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. So So just to throw it out there with Fernando Tatis, he got the Silver Slugger Award and the Golden Glove this last year. Nice. Like, like that uh, doesn't happen. <laughs> Getting <laughs> both of those awards. Yeah. <laughs> but Mike, Mike Trout, Trout, I just want to uh, throw, throw a little correction out there. Mike, Mike Trout, Trout has been, been to the playoffs one, one time. <laughs> oh, I, well, I was close because I didn't even think it was it was one time. So it was at least once. Yeah. <laughs> they, 2014, and they got, got swept, swept in, in the, the divisional series. Oh my gosh! So. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I love players that, you know, are, are transcendent and they're, they're really good and stuff like that. But I just hate to see their talent wasted on a team that's not going anywhere for them. It is, that's the only thing I hate about it. So, all right. But, uh, all right. Well, uh, I think that about wraps things, uh, up for us. Um, I think we'll, kind of focus on uh like hockey and stuff like that next time we'll get into some more some more hockey news um and, and talking about that uh what's up no i just sniffed oh, okay <laughs> um so yeah we'll we'll get into that more uh next time talking about that and, and going over some stuff it's still 
a long season as well for hockey. So we, we have plenty of time to be able to, to cover more stuff. Um, let's see, was there anything else that you wanted to cover or go over for other sports or anything? Like I said, since you weren't uh, on the podcast last time, things that have been on your mind. Um, Earl Thomas still not signed. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's, just have to throw it out. It's there. gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. I should have done that for the crystal ball. Like, where do you think uh, Earl Thomas is gonna end up? If he's gonna be on a team Retirement. or not? Retirement. Retirement. Retirement yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, right. Alrighty. Well, uh, well, we appreciate everyone. We appreciate uh, the listens and the views on YouTube as as always. Um, appreciate Matt Klein commenting on uh, our Facebook so we could shout out to him. Uh, keep up with comments, not only on uh, social media like Facebook, but on YouTube. Uh, we'll comment on, on those as well. Um, we'll, we'll post the second part, second video for, for this. Uh, go check us out on Facebook at Sports Harder Podcast. Um, check us out on Instagram at Sports underscore Harder underscore Podcast. Um, at Twitter at Sports Harder P, capital S, capital P. Um, you can listen to us on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major podcast areas, uh, all the distributors. Um, here coming up this week uh, on the 25th, on my birthday, I'm going to be joining uh, a podcast that uh, invited uh, me to come on and join their podcast. Uh, so it'll, it'll be fun. It's kind of like a, a local one. They wanted me to talk about the local teams, uh, here in Virginia. So, uh, you know, Washington football team, wizards, stuff like that. So, um, it, it'll be fun. And I'll, uh, you know, try to post, uh, their, the, me joining them on, on their podcast. Um, I know I'm still trying to get some, some more guests on our show. I feel like uh, it's been fun having people reach out to us and us reach out to them. And, um, you know, we had the, the Buffalo nerd on last week, which was really cool. So uh, my brother-in-law, Brian, that came on. So it's just fun to get different perspectives, you know, hear other people's I will, thoughts. I will, I will, I will say that, that I watched the Buffalo nerd episode. Sorry, I wasn't in that one. Um, but that was actually a really good episode. If you, if you haven't watched it, go check it out. Like it's actually a really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, he, he has a, a great charity that he, he does too. So, you know, go and, and check out his charity and donate. Um, I know we still need to, to go on and, uh, do our donation as a podcast, um, from, uh, uh, the little bit of, a little bit of money that we get from uh, Anchor from our commercial at the, the beginning of the podcast. I think we get like one penny for every listen. So, uh, you know, rolling in the dough there. I thought someone threw something at you there for a second. I was just like. No, no headphone just fell out of my ear. I was like, oh, shit. I was just like, who, who threw something at you? Someone's trying to get your attention. Um, Right. But uh, but all right. Well, we appreciate everyone, and uh, we will catch you guys next week, same time, same place, same uh, beautiful faces. So until uh, next week, we will catch you. Guys.